0: Today we're going to continue in our series, Uncommon Community, and we are a little bit late to the party. I am a little late to the party here because last week was an important day called Valentine's Day, right? And uh, you had people that, you know, that's a great day to meet somebody or go out on a date to get somewhere and whatever. So I thought it would be fun to give you some first liners. You know what I'm talking about? You know, you see somebody across the room, and you kind of like them from a distance, and so you got to walk up to them, and uh, you got to tell them something. And sometimes these are called pickup lines, but uh, these are pickup lines you should never use. Like, "Hey there," <clears throat> if I could rearrange the alphabet, I'd put you and I together. <laughs> isn't that isn't that great? Right? <laughs> right? These are these are. Lines that you should never say, like don't use these lines, okay, don't use these lines. Um, you could say this, it's like, you ever been to Ikea? You know, I could get lost in your eyes forever. You know, you're lost in Ikea, right? These are bad. Touch your neighbor and say, don't use these, don't use these, don't use these, right? How about uh, how about Duncan, Duncan Donut fans out there? Duncan, you could say, hey, you, you like Duncan? Because I do not, do not want to envision my life without you. It's good, right? It's so good. Don't use it. Don't use it. Uh, We're in church. How about some biblical ones? So uh, you go up to somebody and you're like, hey, 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 um, I was studying the book of Numbers this week and I realized that I didn't have yours. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one, right? It is a good one. You might want to use that today for somebody here. You never know. You never know. Um, how about this one uh how's it going? <laughs> I think you might have my other rib that's a deep one from the book of genesis it's deep it's deep it's deep say so don't use it don't use it don't use it last one last one this is my favorite one ready <clears throat> hey uh like i don't have a job right now, and uh I'm living in my parents' basement, but I'm storing up treasure in heaven. <laughs> okay. Touch your neighbors and don't use it, don't use it, don't use it. What you say first really matters. And it's not just in dating, it's not just in picking up somebody or whatever, right? It's also for those who are married, when you roll over in bed in the morning, what you say first to your spouse really matters. So like don't just roll over and be like, hey, I got 10 things for you to do today. No, like roll over in bed and say, hey honey, good morning, I love you. That's it. Uh, get you off to a good start, get what you say first really matters, or if you go in for a job interview and you 've never been there before you haven 't met the person before and they 're excited to meet you and you go in and shake their hand and you say don 't ever say this don 't say why does this room smell so bad right <laughs> don 't don 't ever start your interview with that phrase right don 't do it don 't do it. What you say first really matters, just like when you start a sermon or a talk or a message. What you say first really matters. Like last week, if you were here with us, I just started speaking in Hebrew. You remember that? And you're all like, what is he saying? What language is that? I don't understand. And what happened was, is I got your attention right away. And you all just, what is happening right now? And that's the point of an introduction, is you begin to wonder, what is going on? What is this about? You begin to think about what's coming up. How does this relate to the Bible? <laughs> right? How does this apply to my life? And so we begin to think about all of these things in the introduction because the introduction is so important. You know, we haven't opened the Bible yet. We have no clue what we're going to be talking about. But you're starting to think, well, what do I say first? First to my friends what do i say first to my spouse or my kids in the morning what do i say first to somebody i meet for the first time and these are important things and so today as you narrow down right we start really broad with pick up lines and we laugh a little bit and then we kind of get narrow into our everyday life and now we get real specific that today we are starting part 3 of our series called uncommon community And we're talking about this different kind of community that Jesus created and Jesus continues to create. And what this means is, is that God is bringing and has been bringing people into your life and into our church that look very different than you. That are just in general very different than you. And we're talking today about what we say first really matters like you might only have one sentence with somebody before they write you off maybe forever so that first impression is really really important and so now, I've told you all of that, and now I'm going to encourage you, after that was the introduction, to open your Bibles to Acts chapter 10. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Acts chapter 10. Uh, if you don't have your Bibles, you can scan that QR code and see a bunch of discussion questions. I work hard on those discussion questions and for you to think about, so like, please use that. Um, but you can... Use that. We'd also love to give you a free Bible if you don't have one or would like to take one home. they're in the lobby after the service, just stop by in the New Here area and pick up your free Bible. And we would love to give that to you. We're going to be in Acts chapter 10 today. And so let me set the stage for what we're about to read. We're going to meet a guy named Cornelius. And Cornelius is a Roman centurion. He's a soldier. He's an officer. He's Roman. He's Gentile. And he, you know, the Romans are occupying Jerusalem and the Jews. They're kind of controlling them in a lot of ways. But this Roman officer is kind of sympathetic to the Jews. He understands them. He kind of likes them. He's kind of curious. And God speaks to Cornelius. And he tells Cornelius some very specific things. He says, you need a a message. And God said to Cornelius, you're going to send some of your guys to go find a guy named Peter And Peter's going to come to your house, and he's going to give you the message. That's the setup here. So in Acts chapter 10, we're going to start in verse 17 this morning. He says, Just then, the men sent by Cornelius found Simon's house. And standing outside the gate, they asked if a man named Simon Peter was staying there. They didn't have GPS. They didn't have tracking devices. They just had, oh, I think in this general direction, there's going to be a guy named Peter. And so meanwhile, all this was happening. Peter was puzzling over the vision the Holy Spirit said to him. Three men have come looking for you. Get up, go downstairs, and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, for I have sent them. And so Peter went down and said, I'm the man you're looking for. Why have you come? And they said, Well, we were sent by Cornelius, a Roman officer. He's a devout and God-fearing man, well-respected by all the Jews. A holy angel instructed him to summon you to his house so that he can hear your message. And Peter is most likely wondering, what message? I don't know what message. I don't have a message. This is strange. These three people I've never met before is telling me to go downstairs and God's telling me to go downstairs, and I don't know what's going on. And so Peter's like, well, if God's in it, I'll invite them into my house for the night. And the next day, he went with them and accompanied by some of the other brothers from Joppa. And so they went to Caesarea, where Cornelius was the following day, and Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. And as Peter entered his home, Cornelius fell at his feet and worshipped him. Like What an introduction. This guy who invited Peter to come, he doesn't know Peter, but he sees this guy as an answer to his prayers and he falls down and worships him. He's like, I'm so thankful that you're here. You're, you're an answer to prayer. I love you, please. I, I, I need a message from God. And he said, it's going to come from you. Like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And Peter, Peter pulled him up and was like, stand up, dude. I'm a human being just like you. And so they talked together and went inside where many others were assembled. And so you got to get the picture. you got to set the stage for what's happening. Cornelius goes through all of this. He gets this, uh, this vision, and he follows it to a T. And he believes God is at work in all of this. And it's, so, it's sort of like a church service, kind of. It's like an evangelistic thing that he sets up for himself. He's, gonna, he's like, I need the gospel. I need the good news. I need the message. And like, I'm going to invite all my people. I'm going to invite my family. I'm going to invite my friends. I'm going to invite anyone who can come. And I'm going to get them in a room. And all I need now is a guest speaker. Because <laughs> I don't know the message. I need somebody who knows the message. And so, what happens? Well, it's great. You've got to visualize it this way, right? I don't want us to miss the importance of this moment. Peter, or excuse me, Cornelius does the hard work. He gets everybody in the room. He makes it all happen. He brings them together. And then they need the guest speaker. And so the guest speaker, his name is Peter. And Cornelius has no clue what the guest speaker is going to say or do. And so here he is. Cornelius gets the 200 people, the large crowd of people, the large wedding, the large event. And Cornelius says, hey, Peter, you're up. (laughs) And so Peter walks onto the stage. And Peter turns to the crowd that Cornelius has assembled. And he says, You know, it's against our laws for a Jewish man to enter a Gentile home like this or to associate with you. (laughs) Interpreting that in modern language, I don't want to be here right now, and I really don't like you all that much. In fact, I think that you're a bunch of unclean sinners and I'm not supposed to be here. It's illegal for me to be here. I don't even know why I'm here. Plus, not just like coming to your home. I know you're hospitable and welcoming me, but I really don't want to go in your house. It's not just that. It's like this whole thing, like associating with you. I can't do that. Like, it's, it's bad for me to do that. God is mad at me for being here right now. So I hate every moment of this. I don't want to be here, and I'm sorry. <laughs> That's Peter's opening line to the Cornelius evangelistic asermist that he created. How, what do you think? Do you think he did good? He tries to fix it, though. He says, But, (laughs) and you know how you do but in the English language, you say all sorts of stuff, and then you say but, and whatever you say before the but doesn't matter, because it's all that happens after the but, that matters, right, that's the English language, but there's no coming back from that start, Peter, I'm sorry, you can't tell a bunch of people when you walk up in front of them for the first time, say, hey, just to let you know, I don't know who you are, but I'm better than you, and our laws our nation our people we're right and we're perfect and you're not and just so you know like the fact that i'm here right now it might send me to hell so what does that say about all of you and plus like you're so impure and unclean like just the fact that i'm associating with you is going to ruin my reputation plus It's going to make me sinful, just like walking in your atmosphere is horrible for me. That's what Peter's saying. There's no coming back from that. But Peter says, God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. I give Peter some credit because he recognizes God is doing something here. But he's got to like throw in these words, you know, just to watch his back. Just so you know, you're impure. You're unclean. (laughs) It's like, again, translated in modern language, he's like, I hate you because you hate God. And the fact that you're so far from God is hurting my relationship with God. And just for the record, I believed that like 24 hours ago. But things are starting to change in my heart. (laughs) Like, this is Peter! Like, how do you do that? How do you enter into this situation like this? This is Peter's heart. This is where he's at in this world. The introduction is so important, isn't it? What you say first is so important. You can't start a sermon or a talk or a conversation by tearing down the person that you're talking to and telling them how bad they are. That's what Peter did. It's crazy to, to see that. It's crazy to think about that. And again, I think if we apply this to our life, if you apply this to your life and you think of it, I think it's important to think of it in a church service kind of sense because that's exactly what Cornelius had set up. He said, this is going to be a service where we hear from God, where we get the word from God. And I got my guest speaker, Peter, and <laughs> here it is. And so I think that when we apply it to what we're doing here, what God's doing here at Connect Us Church, it makes total sense. And so here's, here's what happens. Right, God was working in Cornelius' life, Right? He was telling him to do this, send your guys to Peter, and he found Peter, and Peter went, and Cornelius was obeying God all of these ways. And every single week, God directs people to come here specifically. Every single week, God does the exact same thing he did for Cornelius, and he says, you're here, you might be here today because God told you, you just gotta go. And when you parked your car in the parking lot and you walked in you're like man i'm following the lord and i'm doing what he wants me to do and you you open the doors and you go inside and you feel like wow i made it it's a big deal to get to a church service building and you're following god the whole way and you're here and you're saying okay what's the message god What do you have for me? You led me all the way here. I need to know the message. And so you find some people that are milling around, drinking a coffee, something, and you kind of walk up to them, and you're saying, this is the message. This is what I've been looking for. And so what do you say to someone like that? I thought it'd be fun to say, what do you don't say? So you meet somebody for the first time out in the lobby, and, and you say, hey, are you here for church? And they're like, yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, it doesn't look like it. You're not dressed like you're here for church. Right? Touch your neighbor and say, don't ever say, that. Right? don't ever say that. Don't ever say that. Don't ever say that. What about this one? You're talking with your friend in the lobby, and you know you haven't seen him in seven days, and so that's awesome, right? You're, you're catching up, and you really love it seeing them every week, and you're talking and chatting, talking and chatting, and then out of the corner of your eye, you see somebody that you don't really know. But your eyes lock. And you recognize that they look a little different than you, and you go, and you pretend like you never even saw them. <laughs> like, don't do that, right? Touch your neighbors, say, don't do that, don't do that. Or how about, how about this one? Again, you're, you're, you're talking to somebody, and, uh, Maybe you're, you're working on something, and somebody comes in the door, and, and you see them, and you say, hey, is this your first time? Right, don't ever ask that question. Right? Don't ever ask that question. Is this your first time? And uh, they say, well, yeah, does it look like it's my first time? I'm just staring over here at the wall like I don't know anybody, and I don't know where to go. Like, of course it's my first time. Is it your first time? And then you turn your head to the person over across the room and you yell at the top of your voice. These are all made up fictional stories. Hey, this person's here for the first time. You should help them. I'm busy right now. And then you leave, right? right? Don't ever do that. Touch your neighbor and say, don't ever do that. Don't ever do that. The introduction is so important. These people are showing up because God is directing them. You ever do what God wanted you to do? You know how good that feels when you feel like you've done everything God wants you to do? That's an amazing feeling. And then so when these people, when you come and you come and you're doing everything God wants you to do and you're met with a weird introduction like that, oh, just, the introduction is so important. And so Peter, right, he's like messing this up royally. But for some reason, Cornelius and his crew, they're still like, interested in what Peter had to say. They didn't totally kick him out of the building yet. And so Peter continues, and, 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 and I'm amazed that Cornelius allowed him to continue. But he said, I, so I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. Now, tell me why you sent for me. <laughs> I love this. He's the guest speaker at this event, and he doesn't even know why he's there. He doesn't want to be there. So Cornelius, I love Cornelius, he said, look, dude, four days ago, I was praying in my house about this same time, three o'clock in the afternoon, and suddenly a man in dazzling clothes was standing in front of me, and he told me, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your gifts to the poor have been noticed by God. Now send messengers to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He is staying in the home of of Simon, a tanner who lives near the seashore, and so I sent for you at once. I love this. And it was so good for you to come. Now we're all here waiting before God to hear the message the Lord has given you. I love Cornelius. He's like retelling the whole story. He's like, dude, God told me to do this. What do you mean? You don't know why you're here? God was the one that told me to find you. And you said crazy stuff to start but i need the message The god said you had a word for me and cornelius he's like helping him he's like it's so good that you're here like like i know it's weird and i know it's bad and i know you don't like it but it's good that you're here come on it's good like give, give us the message so if you were peter what would you say You're the guest speaker at Cornelius's event. And he's heard from God, and he sent three random guys to show up at your house and say, come here, you got a message from God I need to hear from you. And you're like, what? I don't want to do that. What would you say? Maybe you get all the weird stuff off your chest, you know, you say all the crazy stuff. Like at the heart of it, what would you say? If I gave you the microphone right now which I'm not going to do and said you've got a message from God I want to hear it what do you say I think a common answer in many churches and probably maybe in ours too is if somebody came in the front doors and you met them in the lobby and they came to you and said you know God led me here and I need a word from God do you have one The answer might be, well, Pastor Kevin's speaking in about half an hour. Why don't you, I'm glad you're here to listen to him. And let me tell you, my heart is for you to give the message. It's my heart to give you the tools that you need, the the resources that you need, the discipleship that you need, the training that you need, the experience that you need so that you can answer the message that people come to hear, that God has for us, that you could do it. And that every single day, every single Sunday, every single time we gather, people are hearing the gospel, they're hearing the message, the good news from you. Everywhere that people are coming to faith in Jesus in the lobby because they talk to you, because they they met you in the hallway and you're talking to them about how good Jesus has been in your life. Like this is the vision that we empower you, that we entrust you to share the good news of Jesus with every person that you talk with All the time, no matter where it is, in your house, in your job, in your workplace, in the parking lot. It doesn't always have to be in this setting right here now. It needs to be you everywhere all the time. So it was nice that the writer of the book of Acts gave us the sample message. So you're wondering, what would I say? Well, here's Peter's answer. He said, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. This is the message of good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. It's interesting, Peter's words here. I want you to just kind of see how he's in real time shifting his beliefs, shifting his language, shifting his things that he's comfortable with and not comfortable with. He's like, this good news, it came to the people of Israel, but the people of Israel, in the Greek it looks like, it's their responsibility to preach it, to uh, preach Jesus who is Lord of not just the Jews, but also everyone, all. And so he says, um, you know what happened through Judea beginning in Galilee after John began preaching this message of baptism? And, and you know, like they don't know. Cornelius don't know. right? But Peter's like, you know, you know this stuff. You know, you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And I love this. We apostles, just so you know, I'm an apostle. We apostles are the witnesses of all he did throughout Judea and Jerusalem. And they put him to death by hanging him on a cross. But God raised him to life on the third day. And then God allowed him to appear, not to the general public, but to us whom God has chosen in advance to be his witnesses. We were those who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he ordered us to preach everywhere to testify that Jesus is the one appointed by God to be the judge of all, the living and the dead. He is the one. All the prophets testified about saying that everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. That's Peter's message that he gives to these people that are there to hear the message from God. And again, I love this, like Peter kind of throwing these like Israel and apostles and we're the witnesses, but like we're, God has called us to like share this with everyone. I know that. And so everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. And so what happens next is that as Peter is sharing this message, the Holy Spirit comes and fills all of them. Just like Peter experienced on Pentecost. The same thing. And Peter says, Wow, this is amazing. God is doing something incredible for the very first time in human history. Peter's the witness of this that God is filling Gentiles with the same spirit as he filled Peter and the disciples and the apostles. And so as a result of them believing, they were then baptized. And so Peter must have been on cloud nine, right? You think, man, this is amazing. He's like, I showed up and I had the worst introduction to any sermon ever, but God still used me. And God still used my message. And the people believed that God saved their life. He forgave their sin. They received eternal life. They have the Holy Spirit filling them. This is amazing. God is using me. God is doing something new. God is changing the world. And he's using me. You would think, man, Peter is on fire. And the news of what happened spread so fast. And Peter went home. And what do you think Peter experienced when he got home? Was everybody celebrating, saying, this is amazing, Peter. I can't believe it. Or was it different? When he got home, the Jewish believers criticized him. You entered the home of Gentiles and even ate with them? Peter, you can't do that. We're talking in this series about an uncommon community. And if we embrace the uncommon community that Jesus started and continues to create, we will face criticism from the common community. And most often, and unfortunately, the strongest criticisms of the uncommon community come from fellow believers. And it's sad, but it's true. And we see this even here, right, at the very first start of this. They'll say stuff like, you do that at your church? You're breaking that law and commandment at your church? Those people attend your church? The people that dress like that attend your church. They talk like that. You really let them in your church? Really? The people that struggle with that sin, come on. Everyone knows it's a sin. You can't let them in. The criticisms, the critiques, the, the attacks from the common community are, are harsh and strong. Um, I heard a, a story from a pastor. This was like years and years and years ago. Uh, but it, I always remembered and stuck with me. Um, he, said, he, he, he invited like other local pastors to get together at his church building for like a prayer meeting, you know, working together, collaborating. That's an important thing for churches and pastors to do. And so he invited them over to their church building. And one of the pastors in the town and the community, as he's coming into the building, he stoops down and he sweeps up some cigarette butts. And puts them in a cup. And he walks over to this pastor's desk. And he places it on the desk. And he says to that pastor, How dare you have cigarette butts in front of your church? Cigarette smoking is wrong. It's bad. And you should tell those people to stop and get them out of here. And that pastor responded to this other pastor and said, hey, uh, God is at work in these people's lives. And they need Jesus just like everybody else. And they're searching for God, and and God is leading them. And you know what? I think, I'm not 100% certain, but I think God led some of those people who left those cigarette butts on the front of the church God led those people to your church and you don't have cigarette butts in front of your church because you told those people they couldn't be here and they needed to go somewhere else and so they came to our church because they're searching for God and they're looking for Jesus and they need a relationship with him and guess what? They're finding it here, and apparently, they're not finding God at your church. <laughs> and that's a little harsh. I don't, you know, I don't know how true that whole story is. But in reality, that's what's happening every single day all over the world. People who are led by God who feel like they're doing everything they want God, God wants them to do, and they show up to a place like this that's designed to help them, to lead them to faith in Jesus, and all they feel is judgment. All they feel is other people trying to be better than each other. Oh, you're not welcome here. You're not part of the in crowd. You're, you're outside of God's promises. You're a little different. You're a little too much over here. And That's what people face all. The time, And so Peter tells them all this, and uh, he began to speak. I love this. When Peter, like, he got all that weird stuff out first in that message, but then when he began to share the gospel, began to share the message of God, and not his own stuff, weird stuff but the message of god that's when the good stuff started to happen the holy spirit fell on them just as he fell on us at the beginning and then i thought of the lord's words when he said john baptized with water but you will be baptized with the holy spirit i love what peter does here because god's doing something brand new this isn't you know something that's ever happened before and peter's seeing it with his own eyes and what does he do he takes his experiences and he runs it through the filter of God's word. He says, this is what I see, and this is what Jesus said. This is what I see. Is it God? It looks like God, but let me check. Oh yeah, it's in my Bible. That's right. That's what Peter does, and that's what we all should do as well. And since God gave these Gentiles the same gift he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to stand in God's way? Peter's preaching now. He's like, you're going to criticize me for standing in God's way? Oh, no. You are standing in God's way. And come on, I need your help. I got, you got to, we got to stay on this point for a second. I need your help. I need you to shove your neighbor as hard as you can and say, get out of God's way. Come on, shove him. Say, get out of God's way. Get out of God's way. We have to get... Out of God's way. God is working. God is moving. God is transforming lives. He's transforming your life. Like He wants to bring joy into your life. It's like a delivery driver. He's got joy and He's coming right for your heart. And you're standing in God's way. You've got to get out. Of God's way. He's bringing joy. And you're like, I'm so depressed. And my life is ever so bad. And I'm critical of everything. And I complain about everything. God wants to bring joy into your life. And you're standing in God's way. you got to get out of God's way. He wants to bring peace into your life. It's coming. You feel it? Peace coming. Even right now, it's coming. But you're so anxious. You're so frustrated. You're so wondering and worrying about everything. God wants to bring peace into your life. It's coming. You just got to get out of God's way. Get out of God's way. Or what about some self-control? It's coming. God promises he's bringing self-control to your life. It's coming. You just got to get out of the way. You got to stop saying, well, that's just the way that I am. That's just the thing that I struggle with. That's just the choices that I make. I can't help but That's just the thing that I, that I drink or that I do or that I smoke or that I do, whatever. That's just the thing that I watch. That's just, that's just what I am. You've got to get out of God's way because he's bringing some self-control into your life. He's bringing joy into your life. He's bringing peace into your life. you just got to get out of God's way. Shove your neighbor one more time. Say, get out of God's way. Get out of God's way. Amen. There's two more verses real quick that wrap up this. Actually, one more verse that wraps up this story. So when the other people heard this, Peter's telling them all this stuff, they stopped ejecting and began praising God, and they said, we can see that God has also given the Gentiles the privilege of repenting of their sins and receiving eternal life. And it's my prayer that every single day through you, and me, and all of us, that people, no matter who they are, are repenting of their sin and receiving the gift, the free gift of eternal life every single day. Because if we just get out of God's way and realize it's not about me and what I say or what I do or maybe you mess it up totally or whatever, It's God who's working. It's God who's doing it. It's God who's saving. It's God who's transforming. It's God who's working in people's lives. He's bringing what they need. He's bringing the grace and the peace and the mercy and the forgiveness. It's God who does that. We just gotta get out of his way. And that phrase get out of his way, get out of God's way, I think could also be said as just mature spiritually. Like if You gotta grow as a disciple of Jesus, follower of Jesus, mature in your spiritual life to the point where you realize, I just gotta get out of his way. Because he's using me, that's amazing. But it's God who's doing that. That builds your faith, that strengthens your faith. And it's not just for you, but it's also for the people around us, too. Right? God is at work in every single one of our lives. Everybody in our family, everybody in our workplace, everybody in our neighborhood, God is working in their life. He's leading them and guiding them and directing them. And we just got to see God at work, get out of his way, and let him do what he does. And God will transform our hearts. The way that we view people, the way that we interact with people, how we greet people on the first encounter, it all is here. If we just get out of the way and let God use us and flow through us and fill us with love and grace and peace and mercy and we share that with as many people as we can. So would you pray with me as we close this morning? Lord Jesus, I thank you that this is your work that you transform lives, that you save souls, that you help people repent of their sin, that you lead people to faith in Jesus. I pray in a a moment like this that if if someone's here today and they're like Cornelius and they kind of are familiar and they kind of know what's going on, but they've never really truly understood the beautiful message of the gospel that you died for them, that, they were, that you were buried, and that you rose again, Lord Jesus, and all they have to do is believe, it, and their life completely changes. I pray that you would just give them the grace to be able to do that in this moment, and that they would just receive everything that you have for them, God. And Lord, I pray for all of us believers today that you would just continue to use us in incredible ways may we recognize it's not about us and our gifts and abilities and what we do to interact with people but we just can be used by you God so help us to get rid of all of the walls and the barriers that we put up help us to get rid of all the bad first impressions and assumptions and judgments that we make about people and help us to just help them see Jesus because that's what changes lives I pray that you would do that now and use this place in Jesus' name.